Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome once again to Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the program that guarantees you'll never get a busy signal because Mother already picked up the phone for all of these calls that came in to her live show from her loyal viewers and prayer partners over the years. I'm Doug Keck. Joining me, as always, is our network chaplain and Mother Angelica's confidant, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Great to see you again, Father. And you too. It's always kind of interesting too, just to see her interaction with these callers, just right at the beginning, and where they're from, and what their question is. And uh, mother gets a little kick out of some of the things that they say, especially when children call in. Absolutely, and it's interesting too because she she covers various topics under different titles. A couple of the topics we'll be dealing with: Can I stop fasting during Sundays during Lent? Good mm-hmm. question. Why do you wear a full habit, mother? What is limbo? And Mother thanks the Lord for her viewers. Amen to that. She always did that, right? She did. This network is brought to you by you. And so we thank you, too, any of you listeners out there, that we're here to try to bring you some encouragement, some hope, some heart, some growth, hopefully, through our words and through our works here. And we thank you that you make this possible uh, through your, your support. Absolutely. And it's interesting because we've heard about that, the idea if you're giving up something for Lent, mm-hmm. uh, but you're allowed to not give it up on mm-hmm. Sunday, is that true? Yes, that every Friday is a little Good Friday and every Sunday is a little Easter Sunday. And if you count the days, it's 40 days, but now the church has made the Easter Triduum a part separate from Lent. And so it's technically a little bit shorter than 40 days. But Mother brings out a good point here. What are you going to do with that Sunday? Yeah, maybe you relax, you know, if you're fasting from some particular food, you can relax a little bit, but you're not going to overindulge. And if you're giving up sin, well, that's something right, you're not right. going <laughs> to do on Sundays. That's right. I give it, I'm giving <laughs> that up for Lent, but on Sundays, I'll... <laughs> Yeah, she talked. To, she even threw in. I think she uses the word adultery actually in this. <laughs> yes, which uh, we never hear about anyway mm-hmm. these days. But that idea of, of giving that up, and as you indicated, she talks about it depends on what you give up. But she does talk about the idea that I think you should have a good meal on a Sunday. But mm-hmm. uh, but like you said, don't uh, do it so badly that you end up burping the rest of the week. <laughs> I like something, too, that she emphasizes here, to get back to the Sunday observance. You know, I think it's a very sad thing that every business feels they have to be open on Sunday. And it would be such a blessing to everyone, to society, if we just stayed closed on Sundays except essential businesses and everyone could really enjoy their family and that day. Absolutely. The fact that businesses were closed made it such a special, special day. Mm -hmm. Let's see what Mother had to say. Can I stop fasting during Sunday? We have a call. Hello? Hi, Mother Angelica. Hi. Where are you from? I'm Zoni, and I'm from Delaware. Uh Uh-huh. And um, actually, I have a two-parter. You what? I have two parts to my question. Uh, Okay. Um, the first one is, I go back and forth with my friends about this one. Um, they seem to think that there's a Sunday exception during Lent for whatever you've given up or whatever penance you're doing. They seem to think that there's an exception <laughs> on Sundays 
because that you don't have to do that or give that thing up. You can have it then. And that's the first part. And then the second one, um, I was just wondering if um, either one, which was more, I don't know, pleasing to God. I don't know if there is one that's more pleasing, but whether you should give up something. For example, for me, it would be coffee <laughs> um, or versus doing something, like uh, giving more of your, going to Mass daily if you don't ordinarily do that. Wonderful. I think going to Mass daily for Lent is wonderful, but why don't you keep it up? She get in a habit during Lent. Now, Sunday. Well, I really don't know. I never thought of it myself, uh, I suppose. Depends on what you gave up. If you gave up adultery, it wouldn't... It wouldn't. <laughs> I, I don't think Sunday would be an exception. <laughs> I wonder why he said that. <laughs> Must be somebody out there needs it. <laughs> anyway, um, I would think if you're doing something pleasing to God, that's okay. If you gave up a, sun, a nap, well, Sunday is a, a rest day. You're supposed to rest on Sunday. I know what you could do. Just rest and don't go play golf. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I did a thing on golf, oh, a couple of years ago. I didn't intend to, but I do think it's a stupid game. And... Uh, because you hit a ball and you don't have the slightest idea where it's gone. You think you do. And you don't know where it's gone. And the people you pay, that's what gets me. The people you play, pay to play golf do everything in their power so it's hard for you. <laughs> they put sand in the tandu. They put a little creek and they put a little thing like that and the holes here and, and you, there's no way you can get to it. And, and so you do all of that on a Sunday. I think that's labor. <laughs> I, think, um, I think the one who rests on Sunday is the poor guy that carries your bag, see? because he has to watch you huffing and puffing. And if you don't know how to swing the ball, it's really funny. So he has a nice time on Sundays, but you... Mm. So I would be careful what you give up before you can think you can do it on Sunday, see. Um, like maybe you're a hobbyist and, and you, you like to make bird things, you know what you call them? And then you work all day Sunday making birdhouses. No, I think Sunday, Sunday has to be a day of rest. The Holy Father put out something on really following the day Sunday as a day of belongs to God. Now, that's a good Lenten penance. Some, some of you don't ever read a spiritual book. Read funnies and crazy things, but you never read a spiritual book. Why don't you go to your local bookstore, hopingly it's a good one, 
and buy a spiritual book. If you never read the Bible, buy that. And on Sunday, read it. Read a good spiritual book. And you're resting, as the Lord had said you should. At the same time, you're learning something spiritual. You're learning something about God. Now, I don't think if you're fasting, I think you should have a good meal on Sunday. I think that's a good idea. It doesn't mean you have to eat two pies. <laughs> four pizzas. And then burp the rest of the week. <laughs> that isn't what it means, you see. So I would, I would do something exceptionally well. And in America, we have not learned what the day of rest means. We're always doing something we can't do during the week. Now, if you're a nurse and you got to work or a doctor, that's different. But I think I would do that on Sunday. So next up, a caller calls into mother and asks her a good question. Why do you wear a full habit? And of course, you know mm -hmm. the way the story started <laughs> yes. back in 1993, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I was there. I'd just been ordained to the priesthood. We were in Denver for that wonderful event with Pope St. John Paul II. And then the Stations of the Cross portrayed, there was a woman portraying, portraying Christ. And it was something that just deeply hurt mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, she couldn't believe that that had happened. She actually cried on my shoulder about that at that time. But she had decided, well, we need to be even more of a witness. And so as she brings out here, she's not judging anyone and what their choices are as far as religious garb and that. But they just felt that they needed to give more of a witness of their total dedication to God. How was that for you, too? Because I, I do think, as Mother would point out, it's, the, it's that witness among the secular world, when you see somebody in mm -hmm. a habit, it, re it reminds you that there is something beyond this. How do you feel yourself mm -hmm. that you're wearing not only standard clerics like a right. Catholic priest, but, uh, you know, a habit? It's a reminder to other people, but it's also a reminder to myself. I'm consecrated, so there's certain places I won't go, right? There's certain things I will not do because my life is dedicated to God and I need to live in that way be an authentic um, follower of Christ. You know, I'll just tell you one brief story here, and that was uh, when I was back home in Cascade, and I was walking back from the church, and this little boy says, are you God? <laughs> and I said, no, but I work for God. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So let's, let's check in with somebody else who worked for God, Mother Angelica, answering why does she wear a full habit. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? I'm calling from Flint, Michigan. Wonderful. What is your question? Well, um, I would like to thank you for uh, talking on the subject of modesty. Uh, nobody does, and we all yeah, ought to. <laughs> and I promise I won't be afraid to speak out ever again on Good it. Good for you. Um, my question is, um, we found uh, EWTN on cable about a dozen years ago, and so I've been watching you and the sisters and loving you and praying for you. And um, then we moved away where I couldn't get EWTN. And we just recently moved back, and I tuned in, and lo and behold, you and the sisters are in a full habit. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, person I talked to explained a little bit about that, but I have no idea why you're wearing a full habit, and I wondered if it had anything to do with the subject of modesty you were talking about tonight. Could you kind of fill us in, those of us who uh, either don't know why or have been away and, and got lost? 
No, we know why. Um, we felt that people in the world and all were were uh, getting wrong impressions of religious life. We felt that we had to be the religious God wanted us to be. Us meaning those of us at Our Lady of Angels Monastery in Birmingham, Alabama. We felt that we had to be a, more of a witness, a witness to everyone that there is here not a lasting place. It's a constant reminder of women who by nature are vain. Not that men are not vain, don't get me wrong, men are very vain. If they weren't vain, they wouldn't, you know, try to dye their hair when they're getting gray. And but we have to be a witness that there is another life, that that life is worth sacrificing your greatest treasure on earth. On earth. A woman's greatest treasure is her hair. She's all excited when it starts thinning out. She's panicky. She has it done every week, every month, whatever, and it's part of her beauty. Well, we cover ours as that sacrifice. We say, no, Lord, we are yours. We are totally yours, and we belong to you. The veil is a symbol of total dedication to Jesus. And it reminds lay people Hey, wait a minute, you know, I, I better shape up a little bit. I don't even think of God. I don't even think of heaven. I don't even think of where I'm going. I don't even know where I'm going. It's a, a constant reminder. Everybody says, why do you dress like that? One of our sisters was in a store, and a little kid, oh, I don't know, maybe two or two, three years old, maybe, she started running and she said, Mama, there's Mary. <laughs> oh, that was great. Even a child knows when you, when you dress with a full habit. For us, I'm not criticizing anybody that doesn't have a full habit. You all have your own inspirations. You know what you're doing. But for us, the world needs a witness that the things of this world are not lasting. There's more to life than eating, sleeping, drinking, working, joy, pleasure, suffering. There's more. There's a place we're all headed for. And, and when, when we see women that have given it all and given it up, then we're reminded, totally reminded. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we do appreciate you staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph Mary Wolf, and I'm your co-host, Doug Kecht. So let's uh, get right to it. Mother has a caller asking about something called limbo. We don't hear about mm -hmm. that very much anymore. Much. What's the deal with limbo? Yes, and uh, this was a theological theory, as uh, the Vatican International Theological Commission put it. They looked into this actually quite in depth in 2007. 
and they called it a theory to try to resolve what Revelation tells us that baptism is necessary, but also that infants haven't committed sin. So what happens with unbaptized infants? And basically they refer to the catechism, which says that we entrust them to the mercy of God. The church has funeral rites for unbaptized infants. And so we have this hope, right, in their salvation, and yet Revelation doesn't spell it out to us clearly, and that's why we just entrust them to the mercy of God. We have this great hope in his mercy and love. Right, and I know Mother says from her own perspective she believes that aborted children are baptized Mm -hmm. in their own blood, and of course talking about the baptism desire. But I think it's great what you pointed out is that the church will never say something that Mm -hmm. can't be basically backed up by the scripture and tradition of what the church has always believed, Mm -hmm. even if it might come to the understanding that it would be highly doubtful that there would be a place, that these children would be excluded, right? Right. Especially in understanding the whole divine mercy, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, revelation in a sense, right? And the church also says God is not limited to working through the sacraments. He can work extra sacramentally. And uh, yet, This is what the Lord has taught us. This is all we know from Revelation. We're not going to go beyond what it says. Absolutely. Let's see what Mother has to say about limbo. We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Yeah, where are you from? From Michigan. Wonderful. First, I have to say it is great to talk to you. I think you're wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. And I would like to know um, what limbo is and what purpose it serves. Well, I guess it's a place... We put everybody that wasn't baptized. And the reason they do that is because the Lord said, unless you are baptized with the Spirit and water, you cannot enter the kingdom. In other words, you cannot get to heaven unless the divine indwelling is within you. That's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's baptism. So in view of what our Lord said, the church never did quite know what to do children. I think all aborted children are baptized in their own blood. They're baptized. Of all the people in the world, they're baptized. They die unjustly. But they're baptized. I'd make a bet. But there are the element of people, maybe good people, I'm sure, People who live good lives or died young, died before they even knew the name of God. And so we kind of put them in limbo. But I got, because I never know. I never knew. Nobody ever explained limbo to me. What do you explain? Here's heaven. You've got to be baptized to get to heaven or have the baptism of desire. See, for example, if a person on his way being baptized, he's killed in an automobile accident, the church considers that baptism because he's bap- he was on his way to be baptized. It's called the baptism of desire. Martyrs, a lot of the martyrs, I mean, the first 100, 200, 300 years, perhaps they were on their way to be baptized. See, and they, they're martyred for Jesus. But limbo, was, it's always there. And I don't know about you, and you know, it's, it's not a doctrine of the church, but I found great comfort in reading that because Dominic Savio said to Don Bosco, 
this is a place uh, of earth. I'd sure like to find that one for a few minutes. <laughs> Knowing me as I do, I'd probably snitch a few leaves. <laughs> That's why the Lord don't show it to me. Yeah, we can't trust her in this garden, you know. <laughs> anyway, I think I, that that it, it, to me it gives me a place to look at. It, it may not be there at all. I don't know. I'm not making a church statement, but that little place that Dominic, uh, Dominic Don Bosco was, it, it just seemed to me it had human and a human element to it. There were trees and leaves. Nothing like ours here. Nothing. I don't. I don't know what I'd do if I found a solid crystal garden or something, and all the flowers have jewels. Now imagine what heaven must be like. And you know what would would make me wonder about heaven? And just you can't even imagine. Saint Paul said, "I has not seen." nor ear heard what it's like up there. Please, don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. There's nothing but misery if you do. Nothing but misery forever. Think about it. But that's what, I think that's what limbo, a very a beautiful place of total, total happiness. The difference is they will never see God. They will know God. They will praise God. They will sing songs to Him. And they will enjoy the fruits of where they are. But only in heaven can you see Him face to face. And closing out this program, we have a caller who... Uh, Talks to Mother Angelica how important she is, and Mother turns it around, in a sense, uh, mm -hmm. into a thank you to her viewers, right? I have been so uh, touched myself with the people who come here uh, recently. A family from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, gave them a little bit of a tour here, mm -hmm. and they talk about how much the network means to them. In this case, they listen to the radio, so perhaps they're listening to this show. And uh, But I've been touched because they talk about and uh, during the whole COVID thing, they came to know about EWTN and what a blessing it's been in their lives. And I always say we're always happy. We never tire of hearing that EWTN is a blessing to you. You're part of our family. And, and family was so important to Mother Angelica. And we say family. It's it's not, uh, you know, to ingratiate ourselves or somehow fundraise better. It's because it's the heart of Mother's mission, right? That's right. And really, that's what the church is. We call each other brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers. Those are the titles that we use because we are called into this family in which there is the deepest union we can have, which is in the Lord. It's interesting, too. Uh, the, the woman calling in talks about, I'm Rita's mother, and it jumped right out at me <laughs> because, of course, she's talking <laughs> right. to Rita, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and so she has a, a child who has some disabilities, and yet... She's able to benefit from the Mass by watching it on EWTN. And Mother thanks all the viewers for doing that. Let's see what Mother has to say. We have a call. Hello? Hello? Where are you from? 
I'm from Uniontown, Kentucky, Mother. And what is your question? Uh, what I want to do, I want to first of all thank God for all the many graces and blessings He has given me personally. I really want to thank Him for my life and my faith. I think my faith is one of, is, is the most precious possession God's ever given me. I have so many things to thank God for. But, Mother, I want to personally thank Him for Ida Kitian and for you. And I want to thank him for the Mass each morning yeah. because you know who you're talking to. I'm Rita's mother, and she's a disabled little gal, and she's been there to see you many times. And if it weren't for EWTN and their Mass at 7 every morning, I wouldn't get to go to Mass. But because of EWTN, now Rita and I both can go Mass together. Thank you, Thank Jesus. you, and thank you, EWTN. But thank, we need to thank the Lord for the Mass because... Um, that was a miracle, really. You know, I know it's not all finished yet, but and we want to thank the Lord for our viewers. Uh, we want to thank the Lord for all of you who got us out of a pinch. I don't know, we're always in a pinch somewhere along the line, you know. We go good for about six, seven, eight weeks, and all of a sudden we start going down, down, down. And I, I say something to you, and you raise us up. And, and then we start going down again, and you raise us up. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for being real family. I want to thank you for being a family that I can unburden to. You know, I don't feel bad talking to you. I don't feel bad telling you my problems. Because there are problems. They're our problems, aren't they, huh? For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.